In this week's parsha, towards the end of the parsha, talks about when a yid sells himself as a slave to a goy. The pasuk says that he shall be redeemed. One of his brothers should redeem him, or his uncle should redeem him, or his cousin should redeem him, or some other relative should redeem him, or if he himself can afford it, he should redeem himself. And from the order that the title listed, the closest relative first, and then it goes down to further and further relatives, a brother, an uncle, a cousin, other relatives, we learn from this that the the closest relatives come first. They have the first responsibility to redeem him. And then if they can, then it goes to a further relative and so on. So the obvious question is, if the closer you are to the situation, you have the greater responsibility to redeem him. So then if the Torah said at the very end that he can afford himself to redeem himself, why wouldn't he be listed first and foremost? If he could afford it, of course he should be the first one to redeem himself. If he can't, then his brother should redeem him. Why does it, why does it leave him for last? Another question, since the Pasuk lists a number of relatives and it goes from the closest and further out, why doesn't it mention his father? What if his father could redeem him? He should be the first one to be listed. Yet the father is not mentioned at all. The same question could be asked also in regards to the laws of inheritance, where it also lists the relatives of who inherits a person that dies. It says there, if a person will die and he doesn't have a son, we know that a son comes, is the first one to inherit. If he doesn't have a son, so then the daughter inherits. If he doesn't have a daughter either, then the brother inherits. If he doesn't have a brother, then the, the uncles, the brothers of his father in, inherit, or other relatives. And over there too, it leaves out his father. What happens if a, 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 a person dies and his father is there, he is the first one to inherit. So some people say that the Torah doesn't want to speak in a way of misfortune. It's a great misfortune if a, uh, a person dies and his father is still while his father is still alive. That means the father lost the son. That's a terrible misfortune. Torah doesn't want to talk in those kinds of words. But first of all, that that answer also needs explanation because the Torah is teaching the laws of inheritance, and it's clear that the laws of inheritance include the father. He inherits first before of the outside relatives before the, after the son and the daughter the father is first for any, before any relative so is the Torah going to speak in nice terms and leave out the important point that the father is first to inherit it could give the impression that the father doesn't inherit he was left out of it so that is a difficulty even there even in the laws of inheritance but certainly in, the, in our situation we talk about redeeming the slave for sure why isn't the father mentioned over here there is no issue of misfortune as there might be over there so why doesn't the, the Torah mention the father so to explain this we first have to exp- uh, bring up what the Chazal tell us about this whole Parsha um, Bahar they say that the whole Parsha talks in a gradual degra- digression uh, a person goes down level by level until he gets to the very lowest level it starts with the laws of Shemitah and therefore teaches that if a person doesn't keep properly the laws of Shemitah then first the, halacha, the, the Torah talks about if a person sells something to another person then it talks about selling your real estate, either your house or your field then it talks about selling yourself as a slave, 
Then it talks about selling yourself to a slave to a guy. Then it talks about even selling yourself to a slave to an Abay Dazara. That goes toward that's the end of the parish already. In other words, describing a financial descent. A per, you know, if you don't keep the laws of Shemitah, you'll have to sell your uh, your the stuff in your garage. Then you'll have to sell the house itself or the field itself. Then you'll have to sell yourself as a slave. A person becomes more and more poverty-stricken until gets to the lowest level possible. But since it, of course it also means a person's spiritual descent. When a person sells himself to a guy, so first of all he's violating the Torah's law that you're not allowed to sell yourself to a guy. Certainly if he sells himself to an Abed Zara. And when a person sells himself to a guy, he puts himself in a situation where, as the, the Rashi says, I, a, a, a slave, a Jewish slave of a guy, might think that because my, my master can violate Shabbos, I also can violate Shabbos. Because he can live a free life moral, immorally, I can do so too. He, I, he could worship Baba Dazar, I could. In other words, you put yourself into a degraded spiritual state. Most importantly, when a Yid sells himself to an Avedazara, he violates what it says in the Torah, that the Yidin are slaves to me, Libene Yisrael Avadim, to Hashem, and he violates that by selling himself to an Avedazara. How is a Yid, how does a Yid get down to this kind of a, of a situation? It comes because we've forgotten about our Father in Heaven. We forget that we're connected to Hashem. We forget our love to Hashem. We forget our reverence of Hashem. As the Pasuk says, the, the Prophet says to the Yidin, in the name of Hashem, a son is meant to honor his father. And if I'm their father, where is the honor that they show me? That's what happens. You forget that it's your father, so you stop honoring him. In Chassidus, the father refers to Chachma of the Nefesh. And as the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, that how is it possible that a Yid should violate the will of Hashem? It's because the Chachma of his Nefesh, which is the connection between a Yid and Hashem, Chachma is the very first level, the first um, faculty of the soul, that's the place where the Neshama connects to Hashem. So that part of him has, has gone, it become dormant, it's fallen asleep, so to speak. And therefore it doesn't recognize that every Aveda that you commit you are disconnecting yourself from Hashem totally, completely, just like if you worshipped Abay Dazara. If a person worshipped Abay Dazara, he knows that he would never violate that. A Yid, we know that the, the faith is so deep, and a Yid is ready to give his life for, for the sake of Hashem, not to violate Abay Dazara. But because you forget that every, therefore he would never do that. He would be able to withstand that test. If we understood and it really sat with us that every violation of a sin is no different, the disconnection from Hashem, no different than Avedah Zara. of course we would be able to withstand the test but we lose that knowledge and understanding and therefore a person goes through life and commits sins and goes down level after level after level that's why in the laws of inheritance where it talks about a person dying what is the meaning of a person dying? spiritually speaking that means a person that became a Russia and therefore a Shoim, a Russia, even when he's alive, is called dead. Or as the Zoyer says, that if a person just falls down one level, in a more subtle way, if he falls down one level, that already is called death. So when a person is died, which means he became a Russia or, or fell down a level, 
Why is it? Because he doesn't have a father. He lost connection with his father. That's why in the laws of inheritance, it doesn't say, talk about the father. How could he have died? He doesn't have a father. That's why he died. That's why the father is absent from that discussion. If he had a father, he wouldn't have died in the first place. He would have been alive. He would still continue to be alive, spiritually speaking. Now, talking about the situation of a person that is sold to a goy or to an avedizara, the descent, as we said before, is also talks about a spiritual descent. So the Torah says the geula is also in the same way, meaning to say, the Torah says geula tiyoloi, he will have a redemption, he will be redeemed. And the reason is because the Torah says if his relatives don't redeem him, then he will go out in yoyivul. In other words, it's without question that he needs to be redeemed. The reason is because a yid is is a slave to Hashem, meaning my claim on them comes before anybody else's claim you sold yourself to a guy I came first, I, you were already my slave before because by Matan Torah Hashem made us into his slaves and that is an eternal thing that cannot change and therefore even though a yid allows himself to slide into slavery by a guy, that's only something which is external, it doesn't change his essence, it doesn't change who he really is eventually he will be redeemed it'll, it, it'll be brought out to the surface again and he will recognize his connection to Hashem and find redemption that's why this parsha begins Bahar Sinai because the, this, it all depends on Har Sinai because Hashem put his imprint on us at Har Sinai that's why even if you go through the whole parsha and a person sank to such a low level the conclude the, at the end of the parsha talks about he will be redeemed because it all comes back to Har Sinai. That also explains how Rashi explains the Eker Mishpachas Ger. Rashi tells us that it means somebody who sold himself to the Avaidazara itself to be in service to the Avaidazara, but not that he accepted the Avaidazara as his deity. Only that he should chop wood or, or bring water and so on. The question is, how does Rashi know that it means that he didn't, that he didn't accept the, the Avaidazara? as his deity. Maybe it does mean that. The reason is because even when we talk about a Yid that fell to such a low level that he's willing, he sold himself to an Avedazara, but that is only because his, he, his uh, connection to Hashem is dormant. But if he were to get into a situation to accept a, a foreign God as his God, that would poke that at the, the Pneumish of Nefesh. And that would awaken the Pneumish of Nefesh, as we talked before, that he can never deny his connection to Hashem. If it were a situation where he's being asked to sell himself and accept uh, an Avedazara upon himself, that would awaken the whole thing. It could never happen. So uh, when it's dormant, it means that it's only that he's serving the, uh, the, the Avedazara, but not that he accepted it as his God. So now that we understand that, we can go on to explain why it only mentions relatives and not himself. When a person gets to the point where he is no longer in charge of his own destiny, he's taken a, a, a master, a goy, or even the Avedazara hierarchy as his master, he's no longer control of where he's going. He can't redeem himself anymore. It's beyond them to be able to redeem himself. A person in jail cannot get himself out on his own. You need the relatives to step in and to get him out. 
but of course the purpose is not that they should always have to step in and get him out they have to start it and get him out but then they have to put him on his two, own two feet just like a poor man when there's a materially poor man it's not that you want to give him charity all the time you want to give him some money to start a business to get back on his feet and to be able to be self-sufficient so also spiritually this year has to become self-sufficient that eventually he will be able to manage his own affairs and to be able to get himself out of situations and to be able to rise above the situations on his own and he shouldn't always need his relatives and that's why he's not put first the relatives are put first but eventually it has to become his responsibility the Rebbe concludes it with how does a person get into a situation where he goes into such a big descent it comes from the beginning of the parashas when you come into the land of Yisrael, where the land of Yisrael was a, is, was a civilized place you have to work six days, six years and only then the Shabbos and so where did they come from? they came from the desert where they lived a miraculous life completely removed from any kind of worry Gashmi is the worry, material worries that could start the, uh, the process of going lower and lower but when you remember that it all started with Sinai that Hashem uh, gave us the power from Sinai to be able to go into the land of Eretz Yisrael therefore we will not lose our footing and we will be able to work with the land of Eretz Yisrael and to transform the land of Eretz Yisrael from Eretz Knan to Eretz Yisrael to make it Hashem's land the Shafsa Eretz and that Li Kala Eretz the whole land is mine I am in control